Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 297 of the Distraction Pieces podcast, and it's a bonus episode on Friday. And the reason it's a bonus is I've got so many guests at the moment, and I wanted to get this one out quickly because it's with um, Erwan Marinopoulos and Eugene Simon, who I was lucky enough to spend a few weeks working on a film with in France called Kill Ben Like. And Kill Ben Like has just been, after winning a load of awards at film festivals over the summer it's been given a cinema release and it comes out on november 22nd their screenings on the 22nd the 23rd and i think the 24th but all of them only go ahead if enough tickets are sold so it's done through a thing called our screen o-u-r-s-c-r-e-e-n so if you head to our com and search but kill Ben like I'll put a link in the in the bio of this of this episode in fact to the the screening list um and I'll be tweeting about it and all that obviously but if you buy your tickets then that screening will happen and I'd love you all to come since we've recorded this podcast the poster's come out and my name's on the poster man how exciting is that that's never happened this is the first film I've ever done that my name's on the poster and it's screening uh, at, at the View Cinema, if the tickets are sold, it's screening at the View at Thurrock Lakeside. I worked in Thurrock Lakeside in HMV for uh, for five years or so, man. So it's mad that I get to be part of a film that's on there. So it's really important to me. As said, these screenings only go ahead if you buy the tickets in advance. The cut-off date for ticket sales is November 17th, but the earlier you buy them, the better, because people will scroll through the listing and see, oh, there's only, oh, we only need two more sold to buy for that one to go ahead, for example, particularly in, in London where there's a load. So then someone will buy it and it will be more likely to go ahead. So, so the earlier you kind of stick your flag in the ground, the better. So I really appreciate it. Even now, if you could just pause and go in the link and grab a ticket. Um, I'll get onto the podcast because it's great. I loved catching up with Erwan and Eugene. They're both wonderful, wonderful people. We'll tell you a lot more about the film in brief. Again, so you can go and buy your tickets now. It's a murder mystery black comedy. You're going to love it. It's really good fun. Uh, the cast was amazing to work with. The crew was amazing to work with. But a thing I mentioned in the intro for the Wretch episode, I've seen Theo Vaughn do this. He's a comedian in America and podcaster I'm a big fan of, and I really like it. Some of the most inspirational people I've met in my life over the years have been single parents, and it's a really fucking hard thing to do. So if if you're listening to this and you've looked at the screenings and you fancy a screening, but you're a single parent, so you're kind of like, well, it's a Friday night or whatever, I can't really make that work, then drop me a DM on Facebook um, and we'll sort out covering your your childcare for that evening. Um, And you can go and see the film, enjoy the film, take it in, have a night off because you work incredibly hard. And again, I know all parents work incredibly hard and it's hard for all parents, but I'm just... There's a there's a there's a, a solitude in the single parent game, you know. Um, so yeah, and obviously I can't offer to cover everyone. So I'm not I'm not a rich man, but I want to. I'm, I'm putting this out there because number one, because this screen means a lot to me. This screen, this film, this screen, these screenings mean the world to me, and I want as many people to see them as possible because I'm really proud of this film and just proud that a film that I've been part of is in 
in the cinemas. Um, but it's only in the cinemas if you guys buy the tickets. I can't stress that enough. As said, November 17th is the cut-off date to decide if these screenings go ahead or not. So yeah, if you could grab some tickets now, that'd be great. I'm going to stop rambling. This is, ep- this is a bonus episode, 297 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with Erwan and Eugene. Rolling. Um, I'm, I'm joined today by by two people. It's rare I have two people on, but it felt key um, in this this situation. I'm joined by Erwan and, and Eugene. How how are you guys? Hey, good, very, very good. good, very very good. I've travelled from just across London, and Erwan's travelled across the English Channel. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, you ride for both yeah. of us. That's, 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 a, that's a good um, a good effort on everyone's part. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. I feel very much in the middle of coming in from Essex, so um, <laughs> I've, I'm, I'll, I'm the mediator in every way here. Um, so I'm going to just, you know how people enjoy podcasts, it's an exciting medium, but equally, it's long, so everyone always definitely listens to the beginning, not always definitely there at the end that's just the nature of podcasts so right at the beginning i want to talk about why we're here and the reason and to be i'll give a brief introduction but the three of us did a film together erwan was the writer and director and eugene was the lead and it's it's finally coming out it's getting a cinema release after you guys have been touring about film festivals it's been winning awards eugene's been wowing people with his, his his capabilities of speaking in French and answering answering <laughs> in multiple languages to the press, so let's let's talk about that. How exciting <laughs> is it for it to be out and the journey f- in the last year? I guess. Yeah, it's well. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it's been a, an amazing year. I mean, we've had uh, about forty festival selections around the world in different countries like uh, Thailand, New Zealand, Australia, Brazil. Uh, the States, here in England. I mean, we won awards. This guy won the Best Actor Award in Brazil. Amazing. I mean, yeah, it was an incredible journey. And it's, you know, it's so much fun to uh, to share the film with uh, such different audiences, yeah. especially comedy, and see how they react, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. where they're laughing, where they're really enjoying uh, specific scenes of the, of the film. That's, it was yeah, amazing. Because it's really interesting, because I think, Independence cinema tends to lean heavier on drama. Like, mm-hmm. comedy seems to... There'd be a lot more TV and YouTube and that kind of thing. It's been an obsession of mine for ages that's, that so many comedians create their own content on YouTube, mm-hmm. yet there's yes. no independent drama being made for YouTube. Yeah, and for Vimeo sure, and sure. Right. And I wish yeah. there was more of that, to just go, look, yeah, yeah. let's yeah. make a five-minute short and it be this powerful thing. But mm-hmm. how was that, to take it... Because again, it, it, we'll get into the making of the film. It felt so personal and intimate to all. Like it, I, I was delighted to be part of such a great ensemble where everyone seemed to be pulling together in the same direction. Mm-hmm. How was it to then go to Brazil with that and to go to all these <laughs> other places? Because obviously, uh, uh, Eugene, you've done Game of Thrones and that's mm. huge international, global. That's to be expected mm-hmm. that it's everywhere. But this small film that we made over a few months in France, mm-hmm, how was mm-hmm. that to go, again, Brazil's the one that jumps out to me. Is, yeah, how mad yeah. is that? <laughs> it was incredible. It was amazing. I mean, the, the, 
the, the, the most extraordinary part of it was seeing, first of all, seeing our one in all these different places because we kept jumping because <laughs> it, was, it was such a strange thing. It was like the film Jumper. I would suddenly, you know, there would be a, a, a small period of time between one festival and another and then I would just, you know, apparate into another country and then a one would be there and we would both do it at the same time. So we would, so we, we, we would have these series of audiences who, as Erwan said, responded in such different ways. And it was kind of really interesting to see kind of what people find funny in different countries. Like in the UK, people laugh particularly when someone had a particularly had a horrible demise. Yeah. So, for example, when I mean not to ruin it, but when a particular character gets shot, or when someone has a you know, or someone has a really sudden unpleasant occurrence, the Brits find it absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and so I'm sort of going, I see that's my education on British people now. Yeah. Whereas the the Brazilians, for example, absolutely adored it whenever. Um, I can't remember what it was specifically that absolutely killed them, but they absolutely adored it when, um, well, they, endured, they they found all the action just really hilarious. So like yeah. all the action, they were always giggling whenever there was someone, whenever someone was running away, they found it particularly hilarious. And yeah. I just kept going like, yeah. and it was, it was very, very funny to see. Um, I think situation comedy travels really well. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's one of those things. Mm. Uh, dialogues work too, but the situations, you know, when it's funny, it's funny. It's mm. just, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that kind of excited me about the script uh, when I first read it, that it is a comedy, but it's a murder mystery. Mm. And no one was particular. I mean, obviously now, Rian Johnson's new film is this huge murder mystery, Knives Out, it looks amazing. <laughs> it it's does. a comedy murder mystery. But that's what was exciting about this, was it's, it's, it's a whodunit. Um, <laughs> totally, To yeah. give a very brief description of it is... A guy called Ben Like, which which is Eugene's character, starts to hear that that a load of different people called Ben Like are being killed in London. So the police get all of them together and put them in one house, which is wonderfully ludicrous because <laughs> that's helpful on both sides. Um, it gets them all together, and then people start to get get picked off. And it's yeah, yeah, is is it's a wonderful kind of. I was reading the script, excited to see, for example. If I had done it, <laughs> literally, yeah, like, yeah, who done yeah. it? Like, I wonder if it's me. Oh no, is it? No, yes, it is. No, it isn't. And, and, it, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. it might be you. Who yeah, knows? exactly. But <laughs> exactly. That, I mean, another beauty of it is it means they're all called Ben Likes. So it looks great on my IMDb. Yeah, yeah, because, exactly. Because I'm in a film called. Kill Ben Like, and I'm playing Ben Like. So <laughs> clearly, all of us are the lead. It's, the it's is, a all, wonderful all, scam. All of us are winners. I love it. Is that literally every single actor who plays a character yeah. that has a speaking part is probably going to be considered to be the lead. Yeah. So we're all winning. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's perfect. But so on on your part on the the kind of origin of the script, what drew you to to write in a, a murder mystery comedy type thing? Um, well, first because I love them. Second because uh, also I knew. Since it was, I, I've done lots of TV series in France, yeah. and um, uh, I knew this was going to be my first feature, so I probably was not going to get like a huge budget. Yeah. So I thought, you know, what kind of uh, films do I like, and that I can manage to do well within uh, a contained budget. And so the Who Done It was something that I really like. I really like Agatha Christie's yeah. uh, novels, and uh, so I thought this could be a you know a nice a nice start. So I had the idea of the of the film, the whole. Ben likes getting killed in the same city thing. And then I thought we really need, and that's really something we, we worked on hard with my, my co-writers, uh, Oliver Maltman and Jean-Christophe Estable. Uh, we really wanted to have a strong story before yeah. we started to write some jokes. Yeah. We really needed, you know, everything to be surprising, lots of twists, people, you know, how in 
every scene, we try to get the audience surprised. Sometimes it's just little things, like this character, uh, I'm not going to spoil it, but you know, a character that really looks like a tough, bad guy. Mm. It doesn't have the profession that you would imagine it has. <laughs> Small things like that, and sometimes bigger twists, you know, who is a traitor and who's not, and just misleads all the time. So we really focused on writing the story before actually writing comedy. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And that it, it comes across because it maintains that intrigue. It's easy, it's easy in comedy to think that the only thing is the gags and, and, and <laughs> yeah. punchlines, but that's not going to hold you through 90 minutes or two hours totally. or, or, or whatever else. It's a beautiful combination of having that genuine intrigue, g- genuine uncertainty, and then getting to laugh at the mayhem that's caused um, along the way. So, yeah, it works mm-hmm. nicely. And, and, and because uh, also I, I started doing some, some videos on the internet before I did some TV series, and you know, we, we're all the same, I think. Our attention is very short. Yeah. So if you don't catch people's attention right away, and if you don't keep this attention by mm-hmm. surprising people, you just lose the audience. So to me, it doesn't matter whether you're doing comedy or drama. You yeah. really need to work hard in the writing mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. keep to keep people's attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. Well, one of, well, actually, it's funny. One of the funniest things about this film, which I noticed as we, the more that we got into it and the more that I read it, was all the characters in it tend to go to what gives them the most energy and excitement and what keeps their attention. Like, the most of them kind yeah. of actually, most of them are hooked on this idea that they've got to go to wherever the kind of most energy is. And Ben's kind of this, he's, he's a sort of addict. He's kind of addicted to the idea that even though something terrible might be happening to him, he's absolutely hooked by what could be the most exciting possible outcome, even if it terrifies him. Yeah. So he's yeah. constantly putting himself in positions where what seems to be the best option is the worst thing for him because it's the most unknown it's the most kind of ludicrous and ridiculous thing yeah. he could do so he keeps making life worse for himself it's, it's, and it's this constant battle to get him to stop making life worse for himself i, th- I think it's good. i loved what the pair of you did with the character because i think that the the key relationship in any film is the director and the lead and and the director and the dop but but i think they're kind of the three that everything else is important but they're the two that if that's not right It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the rest totally. of the relationships aren't going to work. And what you guys did with Ben as a character, it's confusing because they're all called Ben, but what you guys did with the main Ben <laughs> we'll as a character. We'll come to that in a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was that um, it was, uh, there was a subtle comment on, 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 on modern times because Ben isn't heroic and he isn't brave, but he's a YouTuber. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's important to put himself in these situations. The motivation to put himself in some quite brave and dangerous situations isn't bravery yeah, or, yeah. or chivalry. It's, well, as you said, you need to be in these situations. You're kind of addicted to getting in these yeah. scrapes as such. Yeah. And that's such a thing of, of, of the modern times. The yeah. risks that people take for a selfie and stuff like that is, know, is mind-blowing. Mad. So it's, it's not overdone, but it felt like a beautiful little sprinkle on there. It's like, this is... It brings such reality into the farce of of what's being played out. Yeah, exactly. He's got he doesn't have brains, he doesn't have brawns, but he's got <laughs> he's got but he's, he's got, got but he's got a very loud voice. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, that's the sort of miracle of his of his success. That's yeah. that's enough apparently. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love that. So so how was it when you guys kind of or or I'll start with you, Gene, then what kind of drew you to this character and this role? Obviously, as we've touched upon Game of Thrones was huge, and unlike a lot of the Game of Thrones guys, it wasn't 
are your first thing. You've been acting for many years since a, 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 a young lad. Um, but it is always that scary thing of what do you do after mm-hmm, the biggest mm-hmm, series in mm. the history of man? It's like, yeah. where, where do I go next? Yeah. And it feels like you've made some really cool choices and going, let's do stuff that I can really get my teeth into mm. and really uh, have an influence on and an impact on rather mm-hmm. than slotting in in the most respectful way, even to myself as eighth or ninth on the call sheet. Yeah. You know, yeah. just being, well, I'm, I was in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, no, let's find <laughs> sure, the right sure, project. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I think that when I when I got the email through about this particular audition, I was very excited by, first of all, it was a completely new kind of genre that I hadn't done yeah. before. Um, and I'd watched, I'd watched, I'd watched, you know, some films came to mind that it reminded me of. There was a lot, I could see from an early stage in reading it that there was a really cool Guy Ritchie kind of, style on this which yeah. I, I i i really enjoy his films but i liked it because it gave me a chance to kind of go into a character who's got some real per- who's got so many personality defects and yet is driving the story and i think yeah. it's i think it's one of the things about comedy that I, I don't know if this is i think it's one of the things about this comedy that probably uh encouraged Erwan and maybe the co-writers to keep it centered around well, keep it in a British, um, keep the characters being British, is because the kind of central theme is about just how madly dysfunctional the lead is, and yet yeah. how much we, how, how significant his kind of story is, and how yeah. kind of, how much it matters, because no matter what, the great thing about him is he, try, he doesn't stop. He yeah. just doesn't stop. He's relentless. He's relentless. And it's one of these awful things about nowadays, which is that it's, 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 it's a kind of dark farce because so many of these YouTubers that we see nowadays, I mean, there are so many that I can mention, it doesn't really matter what they're doing, but we seem to keep going back and watching them because they just won't stop doing it. Yeah, it's, it's, there. It's, it's Obviously, it's weird because it blends into everything. It blends into the world at large, the madness that is the world today. Like, people don't think about what they're doing and they just go ahead and do it, and we just sort of watch. So it's this weird kind of... Um, yeah, it's this kind of comedy that turns it, it turns the real world into a sort of farce, really. And yeah. I thought, man, that's cool. Like that that's that's sexy. That's funny. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ugly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's really ugly, but yeah. it's really funny. Yeah, because completely. it just goes to show how easily we can all lose our minds. You yeah. know what I mean? It, how, it doesn't take much. I couldn't agree more. Uh, so, yeah. so, so how was it on your part, Owen, when you kind of were looking for the lead? Because Again, it, it, it's a weird one because Ben isn't the most lovable of characters. He's 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 a bit of a a, a Wally, um, but, but but as you said, he's relentless and he's constant. And he and Eugene has got the relentlessness and the constant. He's not a Wally. He's lovely. He's wonderful. But there's there's that drive. So it, so was it kind of seeing that and going right? He can tune that into into this area of the character and bring. Not the worst out because he's a lovable a Wally. The character again, not Eugene. He's not a Wally. <laughs> <laughs> so how was that to kind of find that and go? So where are we gonna? How can this tweak and work? Uh, you know, it was hard because yes, one of the 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 main themes of the film is uh, how far are people willing to go today to get noticed and yeah. to get followers and everything, and which is really something of uh, our time, I think, yes. and we. We really wanted to have a anti-hero, 
a kind of a, you know one of the inspirations were uh, Kickass, yeah, uh, <laughs> the main character in Kickass, yeah, uh, from Mark Miller, and uh, which I love because I love that first scene when he you know he gets his out his outfit, gets outside, tries to help a girl, and then gets stabbed <laughs> <laughs> right away. Yeah, I love that because that's what happens in real life. Yeah, yeah. And so we we really want to wanted to have an antihero. And a character, this was pretty risky actually from the start to write the character this way because we knew the character wasn't going to be a very nice person. Mm. He has lots of flaws, uh, the character, not Eugene. Our poor audience are going to have to be like, how many times are they going to say it? We get it. But, <laughs> but having said that, we, 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 we needed to find an actor that would manage to bring something, uh, the likable thing about yeah. the character and keeping, you know, everything we wrote. So that that's really one of the things that I was looking for and that's something Eugene gave right away because right away when you see Eugene on screen, he's a very likable uh, person. Yeah, he, has, he has that, you know, that charisma and everything. And so that worked. And then Eugene, by the way he played the character, I think also, brought something uh, that really was uh, going well with the way we wrote it. He, he made him an actual human being that evolve, evolves through the film. Yeah. And I think at the end of the film, you know, not spoiling everything, but he, he's evolving. You know, he's, <laughs> he's probably not the best human being ever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Ben's kind of moral for the world is, is his kind of punch, his sort of motto would be maximum effort, maximum me. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. so that's the weird thing yeah. about him. It's like maximum effort. Oh, that's good. We like that. And people yeah. who make an effort, that's good. But the me, it's the me that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's who he is that's the problem. Well, that was exactly, he strikes me as a character that his absolute priority is himself and his own preservation. But his next priority, literally next on the list, is everyone else and being liked and being nice mm-hmm. and being friendly, being polite, all those kind of things. So it's like, it's a shame about the number one mm-hmm. but it the is. number two is a great number two to have <laughs> but, it's, but it's always funny when you see those people who like to who like who truly believe that they're, they're in the world for other people do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. doing this for you for me I'm doing this for you yeah. through me yeah. do you know what I mean it's like okay I'm not sure at which point you're messed up but thanks for trying yeah. you know <laughs> so, so, so one of the beautiful things on this is the, the perception from the outside of films is that they're always this big huge throwing money everywhere type thing. And this film felt like the perfect balance between passion project and professionalism. It can't be just a knocked up, unprofessional, oh, we all had some time, let's make a film. It has to be a polished, slick, it has to look like millions and millions and millions has been thrown at it. But to get it there, it took everyone just kind of, yeah, everyone pulling in the same direction. And and that was a beautiful thing. So, so how... How did you find that, Owen, to, to first of all put that together? That uh-huh. we're going to have everyone... Because it's a similar thing. Like you are saying, budget-wise, it's easier if you've got a story that takes place in one house. Totally. Similarly, if it's all taking place in one house, it's handy if we're all in one hotel up the road. And it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it becomes the reality of itself. You're, <laughs> for the story, you're putting everyone together. But then for the reality of it, you're bringing us all together and trying to make everyone just pull in the right direction. So how was that to, to put together and get the team? And, and... Yeah, I mean, it, we have to say, I really got lucky, and, uh, and, and thanks to Manuel Puro, uh, the casting director, yes. mm. uh, that, that 
brought all, brought all you um, uh, together, I really got lucky with the, the cast I had. I mean, really, everybody on the film was great, and I'm not saying that just because it's my film. <laughs> they, they really are. I mean, great actors, great actresses, and, uh, and it was such a, uh, a teamwork, you know. I could feel... Right away when we, we met in London before the shoot uh, yeah. to do some reads and everybody was bringing, uh, bringing something to the table, you know, and, uh, and I don't have any ego about that, about the writing. And, you know, if someone brings on a good idea, yeah. we just put it in the film. You know, if it makes the film better, why not? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's ideal as well because, as you said, if you cast it right, then you don't mind taking ideas on on board from people mm, totally. when i had um jimmy iovine on 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 the podcast he said the key to his kind of his change in careers all different things he's done he said is casting your life correctly mm-hmm. if dr dre says to him i'm not sure if that's a good idea he'll go all right well, let's discuss that he's not gonna go fuck you mm-hmm, he's, he's, he's mm-hmm. put the right people around him and that's what it felt like on this i mean from my angle still now i'm very new to all of this but mm. the amount i learned from simone from Ashley, from Gretchen, from Bronson, obviously from Eugene and you guys, I felt it was a learning, it, like every day was class. Like mm-hmm. the, the time that we're waiting around to be on set, I'm learning loads. It's, it's, I'm doing a workshop here and then we're going and doing the main job. And that just felt great that it, it was, yeah, everyone in it together. So on your part, Eugene, how was that for you? Because I'm aware as well there's a slight difference when you're the guy who's at the front because mm-hmm. there's more pressure on you. It's fine for mm-hmm. all of us. We're all working together. It's all a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. You're the guy that's at the front and in, in far more of the scenes and things like that. So mm-hmm. How was that on your part to leave the team and be part of the team as such? Yeah, I think, I think it's a weird position that you've got to take kind of mentally is that you've, you've sort of got the, you've, you've got to take the position that even though, you know, on paper you're the leading part of it, you are also kind of, you know, you're, you're, you are... You're a. What's the right way of saying it? You're not a backseat driver, but you're not. You're not dri- you're, you're, You are driving the film, but you're not the only thing driving the film. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's. It's hard to imagine someone driving a car that's got three steering wheels because you know it's. It's. And I think it's kind of accepting the fact that you've got your own steering wheel to take care of. And obviously, if you find, if you see there's something that you need to, you want to raise with the director, or if there's something that you think is kind of working that isn't that that uh, you think there's something that's working that can continue forward into the film, then you can you bring it to the table. So I think really a lot of it, a lot of what it's about is trying to take the position of kind of. Um, well, it's not putting yourself on a throne, really. You've got to yeah. kind of sit on your sit on your little wooden stool. The fact that it's at the front of the class doesn't really matter. You've just got to sit on your little wooden stool and you've got to kind of come up with the best ideas that you can, really. Yeah. And so, yeah, that that's sort of it, really. I th- Maybe there's a part of it that you have to sort of... you have, Not forget, but you've, you've got to sort of... Um, you've got to not see being the lead as being the sort of... Um, the, the nucleus around which everything functions. Yeah. Whether it is or not, it I doesn't... Because it, whether... Whatever is the centre of the film isn't really relevant because no matter what, all of us are working in unison. The nucleus is what all of us make as we put it. Yeah. It's, it's the united amount of what we all put in together. It's the greater part that... What's the, what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? It's the... The sum is greater than... The, exactly. The, 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 yeah. the is greater than the sum of the parts. Exactly, all that so, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just willing to be open and just try to contribute. Um, I, I remember when we would... When... when um, what was the scene? Oh, yeah, no, sorry. There's a scene with Ashley... Um, what's Ashley's second name? I always forget it. He's, um, back, he's such... 
situation. It's the owner is Bashi. Yeah, because, I know it's Bashi. Yeah, because he's because on the, because his rap days. Because we all know that was <laughs> yeah. on their on their yeah. Instagram or social media. Yeah, 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 I'm just going. Yeah. Oh, Ashley Bashi. Thomas. Yeah, exactly. Ashley Thomas. Oh, I love at Bashi. Yeah. But anyway, um, Ashley, who plays um, charming Ben Like in the yeah. film. Um, which is incidentally for our audiences, that's the way you know the difference between each Ben Like is yeah. they have like an adjective that describes them. Yeah, yeah. So charming Ben Like played by Ashley, there's a scene where something very dramatic and very violent is going on. Um, but just out of absolutely nowhere, um, I feel like I wouldn't, I, it didn't, I don't know if it ended up in one of the tapes, but I ended up having, oh God, this sounds so weird, but I will say it, is that we're having a bit of a conflict and I ended up in one of the, ta- in one of the takes going, oh my God, I'm really angry with this guy. I'm going to spit on him. And it's so stupid. It sounds so stupid because to say that on air, it's like, Eugene, why did you, why did you, what, like what situation required that kind of response? (laughs) But the thing is that in the moment I was like, this is take three. I've done it two ways before. This is how I'm going to do this. And this makes sense because he's really pissed me off. And we tried it. And I remember when we said cut, the cameraman and Ashley just both burst into laughter. And I was like, Owen just said cut. And I was like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> but it just happened. And I thought that's kind of the thing. It's just, it's just letting the positive stuff that you've got to contribute happen and, 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 and realising that's all you've got. And That's again, I really think if if it feels like a family on set, yeah. then you feel comfortable with doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and the, the setting that Erwan had set up there allowed it to feel like that. But I remember that scene clearly and the, just pissing myself as soon as it came. Because we're all stood around. And, and, and so Ashley stupid. was, in both of them, he, there was also a scene that was upstairs in the big house when he was saying goodnight Yes. Yeah. 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 I was literally because in general, (laughs) because I'm neutral these things. Whenever I'm not in the way, I like to try and watch on monitors Mm. and just try and take these in. And I was like, had to literally hold my mouth closed to stop laughing. (laughs) His improvisation on his third or fourth take just had us all like, "Where did that come from?" I love that. I love that scene. That was really funny because that's a great scene, I think. And (laughs) after the scene, uh, Ashley came up to me and he he told me. Man, I gotta do more comedy. I love comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's amazing. So um, we were heartbroken because that was his last day. We had to say goodbye yeah, to him. We're like, oh, yes. man, don't go, man. It that was, was that was but, a um, that was anyway. a big ending, a big goodbye. Um, so I mean, we talked of the of of the again. It's beautiful as an industry in general. The thing I've fallen in love with <laughs> is how much, as you said, it's it's so much is out of your control even mm. if you're the lead mm-hmm. there's so much around you going on that you can't drive it yeah. you can't drive it because there's too many other things yeah. pulling in directions but one of the beautiful things that developed over the sh- shoot f- for me was y- Eugene becoming our leader off screen <laughs> because of the hotel that we were staying in so we were staying in a small place called Mello in France and there was one hotel in the whole town and there were hardly any shops so Daniel, who ran the hotel, was, <laughs> was truly, in, truly in charge of our diets, God of everything. Like, we were literally at his mercy. He'd, he'd be like, dinner is at eight. We're like, oh, dinner's f- from eight. Like, no, dinner is at eight. Is yeah, it? yeah, exactly. Oh, okay, it's not from, it's like, no, here's when it is. There's, there's a part of me that's hoping on some weird alternate universe that Daniel's listening to this, in which case I feel like I have to say, Nuta Moncon, we miss you, Daniel. We miss <laughs> you so much. He was amazing, but it was a beautiful thing, because at, at first, I remember the first... Two nights, me and Bronson ate together because we'd got the Eurostar across together, not knowing that we're both in this film. Mm-hmm. Sat next to each other, not talking, no and way. then got in a car together and went, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> hello, mate." <laughs> I didn't so, know that. So, so, yeah, so we kind of buddied up for, 
from that first thing, and we ate together the first two nights, and we were like, this guy's just, he's rude, this and that. And then the first night that Eugene was there and could speak <laughs> to him in his native tongue, Daniel was the best person I met on the whole thing. That, he was, oh my God. he had such character, he was lovely, he was warm. It was only because we were the ignorant Brits there yeah. being like, uh, well, what's the options? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We were the ignorant Brits that we'd painted this character of this evil French hotel owner who was, who was feeding us whatever he wanted. As yeah. soon as Eugene was there, so we, every night me and Bronson would be like, do you want to go and eat? You're like, have you seen if Eugene's <laughs> As Eugene Rapture, we're just going to wait until Eugene's here, oh, and we'd all just follow Eugene yeah. down as, as as our leader, and you'd be able to discuss. And it go was so it. funny coming back though, because very delicately, very slowly, as that relationship developed, I realised what was happening, and I knew this, this. I knew, I knew, like, okay, cool, man, like, I'm, I'm down, I'm, I dig it, like, I'm, I, I want to have fun, I we, like, no, let's, let's, let's do it. So, so Daniel would come to me, and after a period of time, like if we would be half an hour late or something, he would come up to me, and in French, he would go, listen, Eugene, I've got to ask you something. I'm like, Daniel, you don't seem to get it. I'm not the show, not the boss. <laughs> but so it ended up being this kind of, it, I had so many conversations with him that had no reason and no conclusion, but he still came to me wanting to ask for my help. But it was, it was it. But, and I loved it though, because I found that once we all got back home and we were start, you know, we were starving and you, know, you, you use so much energy when you're on set. So actually quickly, I would say that's one of the, was one of the, Friggin' awesome things about this film was that we act so well. Yeah. Like, I know that's a really random thing to say, but man, any, anyone listening to this, if you're doing a film, don't get bad food. I know it sounds yeah. stupid, but just like go to Leon, like just get something that you know everyone likes. Because literally, Napoleon was right, like an army marches on its stomach. And if you feed someone good food, you're going to, that, that you genuinely act better. Yeah. It sounds mental, but you really do. Anyway. So we came back and we were all starving and I would end up kind of having to be sort of sous chef to, 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 <laughs> in the kitchen. But it was fun. I loved You'd it. You'd probably negotiator. We'd tell Eugene it. our I demands beforehand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He'd, he'd yeah, go yeah. off to Daniel yeah, and he'd yeah. come back and go, here's what we've agreed. Yeah, and I'd be like, I don't know the French word for skewer, but I'll just, I'll make it up, you know? Yeah. Like, and as, <laughs> as soon as Eugene would walk into uh, the restaurant, Daniel would bring some free bottles of wine yeah. and champagne. Yeah. And he kept taking us out to the bar. He would take us out. And be like, Eugene, viens avec moi. Be like, where are we go? He wouldn't tell us where. There was a great time where Daniel took us for a drink, put us in the car, but didn't tell us where we're going. So we were all just like, where the hell are we going? We're in the, we're in this small village. Like, there's nothing around. He drove us about 400 meters down the road, <laughs> poured us cognac, and was just like, viens, 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 viens. Like, come on in, come on in. And uh, yeah, it was he's hilarious. I, I, I wasn't there, but I've heard the story of Daniel taking Martin Ford, one, one of yes. the, who was in the cast too. Yeah. And because he wanted to get to the gym, and Daniel told him, yeah, I know, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> and he just followed him. I don't know where he took him. Amazing. But... <laughs> I love it. But again, as, as silly as it all sounds, I genuinely think it ended up influencing what we got on screen because cause we were all unified mm -hmm. by Eugene's fluidity with, with language. It meant we all ate together. And I think on films, it can be really easy to get into that mode of, I'm going to eat in my room, I've got my script to go over, I've yeah, got this yeah. and that. And we still had time for that, but it meant every night, there was at least five or six of us eating together and discussing the day. And I think that helps when the film is about a load of people tra tra trapped of in a, yeah, yeah, in, yeah, in a yeah, house yeah. together. It meant that we all had that comfort. And it meant that on set, like there was numerous times that Bronson would feel 
comfortable to just ad lib a bit or go off in a direction which maybe you wouldn't if we're all if we've been in our hotel rooms every yes. night getting room service and keeping ourselves to ourselves it takes and time it takes time like i think when you if you've got th- if you've got seven actors who all get on very well but they meet that same day yeah. they can have really good chemistry very quickly but there's something just about how with the need for time to unfold so they can develop their interpersonal relations yeah. with another so that all of the reactions and the cues ad-libbing and prompting are all really sound so i think i think i think that's kind of the thing that i i think that's kind of one of the things that i um it, it's, it's also the same not even just for comedy but it's just, it's just generally for any particular any job that you're doing but i think that was kind of like we were all together and i and and, and i think we all i think i think Everyone wants to kind of, on some level, uh, if they really care about the project, get hug a mug, you know, and get kind of involved, you know, and yeah. get really stuck in kind of with one another because that's really where all the magic happens. So I yeah. think that's kind of, um, I think that's maybe the, I think that's what makes a good film sexy is that yeah. the is that people have all got really gotten close and they've all got kind of into one another's like, you know, uh, what's the right way of saying? It? I guess, I guess, kind of just uh, well, they, they make friends and they're. Not in each other's. I don't know. They, they make friends. Yeah, know? they make yeah, friends, and then not in each other's personal lives, but they get they're close. You know. Yeah, exactly. And it's 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 a beautiful thing because again, another thing was in this small town of Mellow, there was fuck all to do. Yeah. So so it meant that we would all sit and hang out and would yeah, catch up. I, not... I, on one of the days, I went for a walk and I was recording a little uh, uh, Ask Pip episode of the podcast where people submit questions. And Adam jogged past me. So Adam was then on the podcast. And we right, had a right. Chat, <laughs> and we had a little back and forth about how the, the film was going and things like that. It was that kind of intimacy. I think it helps. It, it, it brings something into, into a film where, again, you're, you're, you're relying on, on, on the people on screen because there's not mm. this huge budget. There's not all these other things that can be done. But kind of speaking on that, Owen, when there's kind of particularly written, it's, it's your first feature... And you've kind of you've got a you've planned it a lot around keeping the budget in order and and making it work. The best laid plans of of, of mice and men. You also have to kind of be able to change things on the fly. And one of the things, one of the ways that that happened was really early on because of an allergic reaction that Eugene oh had to adopt. And again, it's, you know, I it's such forgot, a silly, I small forgot, personal no, I forgot story, about but that. it no, really no. shows how we had to adapt <laughs> things. Cause totally. Eugene on, on one, I think you'd shot the London bits and in between summer, you'd had an allergic reaction. He made your eye. Yeah. Kind I, of. An allergic reaction, which has never happened in my life. I should add. Yeah. <laughs> it just completely happened out of nowhere. Thanks to your mom's dog, right? Oh. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Let's not let's not talk about noggin, okay? Noggin, noggin, man. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. noggin the dachshund. You don't you you, yeah. you don't deserve to be spoken he's, about. He's not getting pushed. But yeah, it, it, it meant that you had to go right. Well, the scene that we were going to do, we will probably get better tomorrow because we've got these restrictions. So what can we move around and what can we? Yeah, we we had to uh, obviously move things around, and we also had to. Uh... To have a scene where, um, uh, oh, of course, you added a scene. Yes. Course, yeah. Well, we we didn't add a scene, but we changed it in a way that uh, Simon was supposed to hit Eugene at some point, but she wasn't supposed to hit him that hard. Yeah. <laughs> so we had her hitting him really hard with a bottle this time, Brilliant. so that for the whole film 
Eugene would have a black guy. Yeah. Because that, that was the only way that we could, you know, justify that uh, uh, his character would have a black guy the whole film. Yeah. I feel uh, I should mention at this point, I had an allergic reaction in my right eye to my left eye yeah. to my to my to my a dog, which has never happened before, but yeah. it chose to happen during filming. So I got, I tucked the dog and I accidentally just scratched my eye. And then on the Eurostar back to France, my face, I had a golf ball behind my eye, basically. My, I looked like, I, I just looked ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, so we had to change things around so that I looked like I had a wound. And it's slightly, wait, wait, and we wait, got a, I, th- I don't think it's, I don't, I really don't think it's noticeable at all, but it was, oh, yeah, no, no. it was a nuisance. Well, and you, when we picked up Eugene uh, at the train in Paris, we're like, did you get into a fight in London? Or <laughs> what happened? Yeah, mate, I thought it'd be good for character. <laughs> yeah. What happened? I love that, but I love that it was then adapted and made part of it, that you then had to have <laughs> makeup every day to, to have your, your black eye put on. Again, the, and yeah. that's one of those things that you can't predict. <laughs> yeah. you, know, it, you just can't predict it. So, yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 it. one of the things on this uh, on this small budget independent films. You need to be adaptive. You, you need yeah. to accept that uh, you know the budget is what it is. So uh, and we had to change a few things. Like uh, we had a, a fight who was longer than we actually shot it. Yep. But we didn't have time to shoot it properly, so we just made it shorter. You know, I, I'd rather have it shorter and believable yeah. and and good than trying to have like a long fight that doesn't look good yeah, and that you, so yeah you need you really need well, to be adaptive uh, uh, the night i had my big stunt <laughs> it was raining and it i was will, tipping with rain and it couldn't well, i was kind of hard I, to make it work and i will say this you make your own stunt <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes eugene, I was eugene does stunt. too you know when yeah. eugene has to spit on someone <laughs> It does it. It doesn't have. We don't, it hire, we don't hire the double for that. Yeah. And, and you do that too. It's so. great fun. It was, it was genuinely a highlight because I was like, in the morning, I didn't particularly know what was happening. And then it was afternoon of practicing this thing. But then when we went to do it, it was, was raining outside. So we had limits on that. So it was another one where the, the, the reason the Eugene thing came to mind with the allergic reaction was having that quite early on, did that give you some confidence? Because you've had something go wrong. We've had something go wrong, we've adapted, we've made it work, we've made the most, like, we've made it into something. Not only have we adapted, we've made it a thing. He's going to have a black eye now. That's, you know, we've made that work. So was that a good thing to have early on in that part of the shoot? Because it's like, right, we're going to make it work. Yeah, you can't stop it, us. Uh, of course. And, and again, you know, it's, it's funny because coming from uh, digital series and uh, yeah. YouTube videos before I did some TV things, I mean, you know, when you've done uh, YouTube skits, videos, funny videos with nothing. Yeah. Once you have a little bit of material and a crew, everything seems possible, you know? Yeah. So you just yeah. learn to adapt, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I've done like uh, uh, some shoots for, for YouTube videos in the street. The street was empty at first and then the, the street was full and you just adapt. And that happened in, the, in London on that film too. You know, we, we had, uh, remember that scene... Um, we shot in London. Oh, oh. so we we arrive um, really early morning, you know, uh, with Eugene and this scene with with uh, Dimitri, uh, Dimitri Leonidis, uh, and uh, and so we arrive in the morning in this really quiet little street of London. All right, yeah. so it's like I don't know, maybe seven yeah. in the morning. It's empty, so we're like, all right, we can shoot the scene, you know. So I go and get Eugene and Dimitri, who were at the pub uh, uh, right across the street, and we said, "All right, we need to shoot it." And uh, not and drinking, not drink, no, no, <laughs> drinking coffee, drinking coffee. <laughs> and so we we start uh, shooting the scene. As soon as we start shooting it, some guy starts repairing his car. 
Wow. <laughs> Remember um, that? Yes. Yeah. And so we're like, well, we have to shoot it because, you know, we only have the day to shoot the scenes and that's not the only thing, the, the only scene we have to shoot. Yeah. So we're like, ah, we have to shoot anyways. Then some people start moving out from their, their apartment in that street. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And then you. I'm not lying. Remember yeah, some, yeah. some then, cops then, came then, on the horses. On the horse. <laughs> Oh wow! So there were two two patrolling horseback, yeah, like cops, and we were just like. So, I mean, you you just need to adapt. Anything yeah. can happen on a set, and you just need to and adapt. I, and I think that the the funny thing is that even though whatever budget film you're doing, if you still have the highest budget at your disposal and you've used it to the best possible degree, the most insane things can happen. Like yeah. things can just completely, literally, just blow your blow blow. blow Blow you off course, or blow. I remember. I remember once on Game of Thrones, actually, when we were doing season two, there was a uh, a bit with the Night's Watch where they had an entire scaffolding attached to the side of a rocky cliff that uh, was supposed to be for some uh, Grey Greyjoy stuff, and um, the wind just came across and literally blew the entire scaffolding oh, wow. into the ocean. So they <laughs> had to completely reshoot. So, so that happens. On how every, do we deal with this? It yeah. just happens on everything. It's so yeah. it's so unpredictable. I so I think from that position, you've got to just go with the fact that. You're here now. You're lucky. Just do do what you got to do. What you can do best. Yeah. You know. Let's let's make it work. So yeah, yeah. let's talk a little bit more about the a, a location because, as Eugene said, I read the script and it had that. It, I think Guy Ritchie's a good comparison mm. there because of the cuttiness and, and and the sharpness of the of the dialogue and stuff like that. And then I got to see the the main location that we're shooting in, and it felt more kind of Wes Anderson, a subtler mm-hmm. Tim Burton kind oh, of. It had such you. a rich great vibe to it so so how was that to kind of get stuff that people wouldn't or get stuff out of the script that we maybe would not have seen but you would have seen you knew this is what how it was going to look we didn't all we knew was here's the characters here's the dialogue you get to go look here's the world i'm building and it was this beautiful just old old house old manor house type thing in in france yeah yeah and and thank you because that's really one of the main inspirations i love wes anderson and uh, uh to me one of my obsessions is first getting a good story that really keep people's attention and good comedy, but also I really need the film to look good. You know, yeah. I'm really obsessed with, I think it's, it's cinema, so it yeah. should look good. You know, it's not real life. I, I'm, I don't like the uh, naturalistic cinema so much. I like yeah. it when, you know, I love Wes Anderson and, and Tim Burton for that because uh, I just love the way their films look, look like. And uh, so when we, when we first uh, visited the, the house, with my co-producers and my set designer, I knew exactly, you know, I had mood boards and everything, and yeah. I knew exactly what I was looking for. But the house looked pretty shitty when we first yeah. uh, visited it. And so I was like, this is perfect. And my <laughs> co-producers were like, are you crazy? <laughs> are you fucking crazy? This is not perfect. This is like, uh, you know, the house is cold, it's shitty, it looks like nothing. Like, yeah, but we're going to redo everything. And my set designer was like, yeah, it's perfect. (laughs) And so, because, you know, we've talked about it so much and we knew exactly like my inspirations were were also um, from uh, Mark Miller's uh, comics. And I knew what kind of uh, visuals I I, I wanted and what kind of colors I wanted. And so we just, you know, we went into every room and I was like, yeah, this, the the, the ceiling is going to be this color. The walls are going to be this color. Um, uh, I knew everything the way I wanted it to be. And so 
my co-producers were kind enough to trust me, and yeah. we, you know, the set designer worked on it for uh, with his team for uh, a few weeks, and then you guys, you guys came in, and I was, I have to say, I was so pleased to see you guys' reaction because yeah. uh, that I think the set looked good. You know, you could, you, you could tell right from the set that the the film was going to look good, and the DOP uh, François Xavier Lorès did a great job too. But to me, the image is really. The collaboration of the set designer and the DOP. It's yeah. really a teamwork. You know? The amazing thing about it are the colors, as Erwan mentioned, that he uses, because the background in the uh, chateau that we were filming in has got these lovely, very kind of strong... They, they, they got The color scheme reminds me of looking at a, uh, very fittingly, like a Cluedo board. Yeah. These lovely dark... But, yeah. Do you, but do you know what I mean? Like, really, that's perfect. It, it, it's yeah, a yeah, perfect yeah. fitting uh, style. And, yeah. and so I looked and I was like... There's something very sexy about it, but there's also something dark and very... I, I can't... I don't actually know what the right word is to describe it, but uh, it fits perfectly. It yeah. fits perfectly for, I, the, for the genre of film. I lucked out as well, because I got to, sh- to shoot my b- best ever um, self-tape there. Because I, <laughs> I, 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 I got an audition for the What We Do in the Shadow series. Oh, great. Which is the perfect look of location. Yeah, so, it, is, it is. So James, who was amazing <laughs> at self-tape, so was like, I'll help you. So me and James, just when we weren't shooting, went round in different rooms, and we were like... Is all right. We're just going this room for a bit. We won't make. We won't get. So we were just the red looks around. better than the purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were literally just going from room to room to see what I was like, I didn't get the role, but I had so much fun because it looked like it's like they must have watched that. But this guy's really gone all out on this yeah. on this audition. He's, like, he's literally gone to like an abandoned mansion, and I was like, all is... the producers going, "I love it when actors make an effort." Yeah. You know? He's built the locations. I'm currently in France. I've come all the way here to do this something. <laughs> it was so perfect. Um, well, I mean, let's, this is a good good point as well. As you mentioned, it's it's cinema. Let's talk a, a little bit about the kind of release it's having. Because I'll put more details in the intro, but it's getting a cinema release. But is is it our screens? Is that the name of it? Is yes. It our, and, and it's basically, there'll be... It's an amazing thing. A film... I always talk about I adore on here called Super Bob had a similar release where it's basically there's a load of places available and if they exceed the the uh, a set amount of, of tickets then the screening will happen and that's just exciting there will be a load of them will have Q and A's I'm going to be involved in some Eugene will be involved as many as people as we can will be involved in making these exciting things because Films are meant to be watched in the cinema, and mm. I'm a massive believer in that. Even if you've got an amazing setup at home, you'll be glancing at your phone, or you'll be noticing that the living room's untidy, or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that cinemas get rid of every bit of light other than emergency exits and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it draws you in. And I think that's the key place. I know the way people watch films is changing massively, but I think anything you can do to get people to watch on that big screen is is massive right i i totally agree and it's it's i mean obviously i as a director i love going to see a film in the cinema but it's it's i'm so happy that some people are going to be able to to see this film uh, in cinemas mainly because of the of exactly what you're talking about about the attention because yeah. it's so hard when you're at, uh, at home even if you have the the perfect installation mm-hmm. the perfect uh uh, uh, you know, way to watch it. You're still going to be on your phone. You're still going to be answering emails, and that just kills uh, the pleasure of watching a film to me. Yeah. You know, you should be just focused for an hour and a half, two hours, whatever, and and just watch the film and mm. be 
inside it, you know, and it's that's really why I'm I'm one of the reasons why I'm really happy that we're we're gonna have a, a release in cinemas. It's, yeah, yeah, completely. It's exciting. Well, um, I want to kind of talk about again. We've we've touched upon the ensemble, and it's a tough one because we can't discuss everyone. Bruce was was one of my favourites because we had a scene that we shared that was quite grim and unpleasant, but but it was amazing. (laughs) Martin, as you mentioned, Martin Ford is a monster of a man. I I love following him on on Instagram still. It was amazing to to have him there. Dimitri was someone that, when I first got to to watch a screening of the film, he was a show stealer for me because I wasn't in any (laughs) scenes with him. So I'd only met him at the the read-through and he's hilarious in it. So that was kind of a big reveal for me. But someone we need to mention is, is Andrew. Yes, because obviously we've lost one of our Ben likes since the shoot, in in real life. Sorry, mm. it's blurred lines of murder mystery here. But in yeah. in real life, um, Andrew Hall was amazing to have in there. He was again, he was someone to learn a load from because he's been doing this a long time. Oh yeah, he was it? constantly charming. He felt effortless as a character. Like he, it felt like when you got Andrew through on the casting, you must have gone. Well, there you go. That, oh, that's was, literally the person yeah, I'm looking yeah. for. No, this is easiest casting I've ever done. Yeah, it was really easy casting. I mean, it was just, it was him. And he was an amazing actor, amazing human being. I mean, yeah, it's, it's as, as you said, it's one of those people, when you meet him, you, you learn a lot from him. You know, yeah. from, uh, uh, it's not just professionally. I don't know. He was just a, a really nice human being. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. it was lovely. I said, for yeah. the majority of my experience that I remember, isn't the stuff on camera? It was mm, the stuff yeah. in that little room. Where we're all sitting <laughs> yeah, together yeah. and, and giggling. I know just... that someone's got that seat because their phone charger is there. And right, so right, we right, kind right, of right. we earn our little positions in this set room. Yeah, and yeah, it was, exactly. It was wonderful, and you know, exciting to then transfer that onto screen and 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 have that energy amongst the characters because it's an energy. I think energy is key in a, in a murder mystery because yeah, there is right. that there should be that tension and there should be that unspoken kind of those those feelings so yes, yeah. yeah 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 and and because you know it's uh, that's why i spent uh, so much time uh, casting with uh, with manuel because uh, i knew i really needed to to get the best actors and actresses that i could get because uh, it's mainly eight people in a room together two yeah. third of the film yeah. so if you don't get the right actors and actresses then there's no film you know mm, yeah. i mean you you can't hide you can't hide behind uh, uh, heavy action stuff. You can't hide behind special effects. You really need the best cast you can you can ask for. Yeah. What What was it about me that made you think I would fit hipster Ben like? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was one of my favourite auditions to go to. I was like, well, there you go. This is this is is wonderful. What but was your I, reaction? <laughs> it, it just cracked me up because, but again, it's 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 testament to how much I love the script. Because yeah. again, getting anything through that's Hipster, I'm going to be like, look, I don't want to be typecast. <laughs> so I kind of, I got it sent through and I was like, I don't know. And then I read the script. I was like, this is great. This is a great role. So, yeah. <laughs> I just, I love the, I loved the laid back energy that yeah, you yeah, had. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, right from the, 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 the audition, you walked into the room and you have that energy My- that I really like, you know, with the. <laughs> The good sense of humor, and uh, I don't know. It's I just like the energy you had. I love it. My, my, one of my f- favorite stories that I've that is from my acting career so far is from Ben Light. Really? That, that on, on on the first scene where all of us were together, I was like, 
I'm a laid back guy. I'm going to have my arms on the back of, this, of oh, the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't experienced enough to know if you're doing a filming all day thing, you don't cross your legs. You don't just, no. My arms, that night, I could barely move because <laughs> yeah. I'd have to spend hours just with my arms in this unnatural position trying to look relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. And every time we're shooting, and, and, and Bashy, Ashley, Ashley Thomas, was, was as, as soon as I started doing it, was like, after the second phase, like, your arms are hurting, isn't it? I'm like, fucking yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, He's like, yeah I don't yeah, even cross that, my legs now because you'd be amazed how heavy your leg becomes on your own that leg. That was the worst day to do that. Yeah, because, because it was when we had to get yeah. all of that in and I'm just... Yeah, ah. yeah. Because we had, that's, that was one of the days where we had all, all eight Ben likes in the same room and yeah. we had two cameras that day. I mean, that was the worst day to do <laughs> so if anything, Sorry about that. So if anything, I want to urge anyone listening to make sure you go and watch in the cinema because of the pain I went through for the, <laughs> the art. The art of that scene, what I put my body through for that moment. And, and again, you do your own stunts. <laughs> yes, I do my own stunts. I, I didn't have an it arm double. Like a casual sit-down is in fact an enormous amount of energy. <laughs> it's so stupid that the point of it was to be relaxed and it was the most unrelaxing thing in the world. Um, so we've talked about the kind of the, the, the making of it all. I think it comes across how much uh, we've enjoyed it. I was pleased to do this podcast, but I've, I've made a note at the top to say um, I've got to try and remember to be a host because I'm just excited to catch up with you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that kind of thing. It's it's like, so nice to I, see I, you, I need to try and lead this, but it can't just be a, so, you all right? What have you been up to? Um, there's a quote I meant, I, I brought, that came up on... Um, uh, when I had Kano on the podcast, and, and we talk about Ashley T- T- Thomas in that, in fact, because they're good mates and we're in Top Boy together, but there's a film called The Battle of Algiers, and there's a, a quote in that. It's about, it's, it's the true story of, of that battle, and a lot yeah. of the, the cast were involved in it because it was only shot a few years after the revolution itself. But there's a quote in that that I think comes to mind here, and it's that uh, to start a revolution is hard, to win one harder still, but it's only once we've won that the true... The, that the true struggle begins. Mm. That feels like a real epitome of independent film because it is fucking hard to get it going. It's hard to make it, but once it's done and we've all gone home, or you not so much because you've been part of the kind of, of the, <laughs> the, the, the festivals and stuff like that, but we'll, we all go home and go, oh, that was fun, and then it's on Irwin to, number one, turn it into a film, mm. and number two, yep. get any fucker to watch it, <laughs> to, to get it in cinemas, to get it distributed. I, I, I did some posts about it, and I was fielding questions for the last year of, oh, when's it going to be available? It's like, it's not as easy as that, man. Yeah. If we could just make it available, it would be available. But no, you're, it's been a battle on your side. You're that. right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a whole battle to get the film financed. Then you go to war. You need to uh, shoot it. Because yeah. uh, we shot the whole film in three weeks. So that, I mean, that Madness. was quite, yeah. uh, <laughs> quite an exercise. Uh, but you're totally right. Where once you, you've done it, you know, the film is finished you start sending it to festivals and, you know, you're hoping uh, back in your apartment in Paris that some festivals are going to select it. Yeah. I would have never thought we would have 40 festival selections around yeah. the world. We, we won like 17 awards uh, with them. I mean, it was just crazy. And, and, and the reviews we have had so far uh, are, are really good. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. But I didn't think <laughs> that another war was starting. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It's, 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 I mean, these are great times. You know, we've never had so much good content out there to watch mm. TV series, films. But at the same time, it's getting harder to uh, get the people to watch your project. Yeah. So, so that's why we really needed uh, those festivals and we really needed the, the buzz around the film uh, to get 
you know, as much attention as we can get. And, and, uh, and I'm really happy that thanks to that, uh, thanks to that, we, we found distribution, uh, in theaters in the US and in the UK. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, it's, it's, again, it's great to be, uh, to, to know that some people are going to be able to experience this film in cinema yeah. and, and it's, and it's better to get more press. So it's better for the film to get noticed. I mean, that's a key thing that other people don't realize as well. Cause people often say, well, just sling it up on iTunes or Sky or Netflix. Nope. <laughs> that's, that's, that's number one. Again, we've talked about the difference of watching this, this cinema, but number two, for just a release in general, it's, you can get so much more press and coverage if you're having an actual release than if it's just lost in the back catalogue of Netflix, particularly on Netflix. I, and I adore Netflix, but there's so much on there. I've, looked at a film and gone, oh, I don't really want to watch a two-hour film, and then spent two hours scrolling through what I might want to watch <laughs> and not watched anything. It's like, all right, I won't watch anything. I'll scroll through Netflix for a day. So there is a key there in getting it out properly and getting it... it again, it's mad. Again, I'd proudly share each time we'd have a new graphic that's saying we've, we've, we've won another award... But then again, people would generally think, well, if you're winning awards, <laughs> surely you can just put it in the cinema. It's like, yeah. nah, no, no, it's not that simple. Yeah, so, yeah. so, how was that on, on your part, Eugene? Because to have seen it and know that it's fucking worked, it's good. <laughs> like, like what Owen set out to do and what you guys yeah. had a vision, it's come together and it works. Yet, how do we get people to actually see this? Thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I knew that social media was uh, such an important part of this, of this, of getting it out there, as, mm. it, as, as, as it is in almost everything nowadays. But a lot of the time, as you say, you're not sure what you're getting out there because you've seen, you've done the film. Yeah. What, what has been? What if you're lucky to have seen it before it goes to start doing any festivals and stuff like that? Then that's great. But typically, what happens as the actor is that you'll get a snippet of it if you're doing ADR. Yeah. So you'll go in and yes, do additional course. dialogue yeah. recording to clarify some bit of you know a microphone blip or. You whatever just a bit of additional dialogue so you'll see a snippet and you'll get some you'll get an essence of it but you still won't see the finished piece so you're very much kind of you know you're 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 you have to have complete faith that what is being done with the film is going to be something that is that is, well, you're just as excited you yeah. know and that excitement is actually very useful because it 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 gives you the energy to keep pushing it forward. Yeah. Um, and you ch- and to ch- ch- check in with the director as regularly as possible is not uncommon, you know, because yeah. you're, yeah. you're an actor who's still auditioning or doing other bits and bobs if you're so lucky. But, you know, you, and then every month or two, you want to check, check in with the director and say, what's the, how are things going? What's going on? But it's also kind of its own little, it, it's, it's its own organism that's got its own kind of uh, direction once you as the actor have ceased to work on the job. And it's completely, it's being driven by producers, directors and production and networks yeah. and what, what, whoever's behind it. But it's very, very much doing its own thing. And yeah. there's a part of the mentality for the actor that goes, let it, leave it, do its thing and check back in with it in a month yeah. just to let it kind of do its thing and see yeah. what happens with it. Um but I was very interested in it. And I, I, every time I saw these visuals, I was so excited for it because it just looked so funny and so goofy and so uh, colourful. Um, so I was very excited in the build-up to it. Uh, I, found it I found it really, really... Uh, it gave me a kick. Like, I, whenever, whenever we got, like, YouTube clips put up, I'd be like, right, everyone, here, here it is. Like, check this out. Yeah. Um, I, love, I, I love that phase, you know, especially if you walk away from something that you've really enjoyed. Um, it's a pleasurable experience. It's an exciting experience. I love um, that. I, and I, I think you're completely right because, again, there's, a, there's so much 
that you continue to learn, mm. even though you're part of it, as as stuff comes out. So even when uh, we had that 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 first cast screening, and oh, I met your your mum there, I think, mm-hmm. and you know there was some friends and family there as well. Even as the as the the credits started, I was like, oh, I didn't know the the credits were going to look like this. And yeah, they look yeah. cool and it's, it's really good. It's like, oh, it's exciting. Yeah, so yeah. Even that, it's like because what you saw on the page, you then learnt more when you saw the set mm-hmm. and you then learn more when you met all of the cast mm-hmm. and then you learn even more when it's all put together and edited and, and looks all slick. So yeah, exactly. it's that wonderful, exciting journey, I guess. And so how was that to kind of, um, I'll start to wrap things up as we're at the hour mark, but I kind of just want to, how was it to go and do kind of the festivals and that? Because again, as you say, the weird thing of an actor is you do a project then you move on to the next thing. Yeah. And then you have to come back. I, I get it on press junkets all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, sure. you're talking to people and you realise, you wrapped this two years ago on yeah. some, some things. It's like, and you have to be, yeah, and this, yeah, this, yeah, this, yeah. this. Yeah. How is that on your part? It's wonderful because what is so interesting about doing all the festivals is that you learn from the people who you talk to what it is that they really want. Yeah. So when they see a film, if it's yeah. an interviewer, they're very interested. I love the action, like all these guns and all these explosions. And, and, and Martin Ford is in it, like the bear of a man that yeah. I've seen in, um, oh God, what, I mean, well, that, I, that I've seen before in Jeez, another man. project. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so they, they, they ask about that, the, the, the action element of it. But then there are some who have a more kind of, they're all intrigued going, so what is it that you're trying to say about the reality of YouTube TV stars? And you kind of go... Man, like, right. I guess I'm trying to say they're really messed up, you know? Yeah. Like, and the whole kind of, the whole sort of journey of becoming a YouTube star is one that's fraught with peculiarity and, and, and eccentricity. Yeah. So I think that's kind of what I liked about it, is how different people are, is what different people are looking for. Um, and obviously, if depending on what jobs you've done before... They ask. They may like for me. They would ask me questions like, you know, going from as going from Thrones to this. Like, what's that like? And you kind of sort of you you get asked those questions, and you do sort of have to think to yourself, wow, like kind of what what, what is it like really? I guess I guess it's just um, it's just a lovely freeing experience. Yeah. So I find them really fun. I find them really really engaging, and uh, I always find I always find that. You've got more to say. Well, maybe this is just me, but there's always there's something more that you hadn't realised you could talk about than than you thought. Yeah, it's always exciting to learn the or, or to, it, the right question can unlock A loads of, of different memories of, and yes, keys exactly. and things like that. It's exactly. always exciting. So, so I mean, I'll start with a, a Yuji then. Ben, like aside, or what or what's ahead? I know that when we were making it, you'd you'd recently been. Uh, doing a film that you'd, I know you'd, I think you'd produced on, mm. I know you'd had a huge involvement in, in LA about um, a, a, a car share mm. um, guy who's deaf, if I remember And that was something that you were hugely excited about and passionate mm. about, and the visuals that you were able to share look, look beautiful. So, so kind of what's ahead? What projects are, or that you can talk about? Yeah, course. no, of course. Well, since Ben Like, there have been four. There's been Resonance, which is the film yes. you're talking about, which is, which is, uh, it's, it's actually on, it's a nice little Vimeo movie. It's called yeah. Resonance. It's about 30 minutes, about a, a young deaf Uber driver. And I played the Uber driver. And uh, it's a really, really gorgeous, sweet little film uh, set in LA. There's another film, there's a little, men, there's a, there's a, two little shorts, uh, another one called Mensana, which is a sci-fi film uh, about a woman who loses her grip on reality. Uh, and then I did a play, but the things that are out right now are 
the Lodgers that is I've been talking about it for a while, but is uh, also cast by Manuel Puro is still on Netflix, uh, which you can watch right now. Just type in the Lodgers to to, to the search bar. Um, I've just finished a sci-fi film that I felt that I, I actually was filming for the day before yesterday, just doing some pickups on, uh, which I can't talk about yet, even though I even though I think it's up on IMDb, but they haven't yet told me. But I heard that like on Friday night, so I was like, I oh, really like. We can talk about this now. And they're like, no, 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 not yet. I'm like, okay, well, you know, mum's the word. Uh, So that's coming up soon. And then uh, another thing is a, uh, I did a First World War film called Love Have I Known, which is on the, which is a comic doing, doing festivals around town right now. And when it has the chance to get released on other platforms, I'm going to scream it from the mountaintops. And uh, yeah, so it's all pretty active at the moment. I love that. It's, It's such an interesting thing in the film industry. I was discussing this with Brett Goldstein recently, who's a, a, a an actor and comedian and writer, and he's got a series being made by I think I think AMC in America at the moment. And he Instagrammed something from on set and got told off and had to, had to take yeah. it down. And we were saying <laughs> what the the goal of every actor or producer or writer should be to get to the point where you don't get told off for that because I guarantee the Rock doesn't get told off when he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, or Kevin Hart doesn't get told off Instagram for sex. like where is that level? <laughs> I don't exactly. think Samuel L. Jackson would get told yeah. off, but there is going to be a point. There's going to be a point where you no, you would still get told yeah. off yeah. if you Instagram it. So that's, can you imagine that? They oh get God, paid I made it. it. I'm, no one's telling me off anymore. Yeah. 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 They're actually that's, paying me for it. <laughs> that's the true achievement. That's the yeah. real achievement in this in this industry is to get to the point where no one will tell you off for sharing. Um, so what's ahead for you, Owen? Obviously, it's probably hard to get uh, see past finally Ben Light getting in people's. Eyes and ears, but yeah, um, what's, what's the, ahead? Uh, well, I have uh, I've written another film that I'm trying to get financed, and um, and I'm I'm having taking meetings with people. Um, I have a, a manager in uh, in LA now, so I'm taking meetings over there, and you know, having a few projects that I could be attached on as yeah. a director. Nothing that I can talk about yeah, right now, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, things are moving forward. So, well, uh, I mean, I'll kind of end on. One of my favourite things on set and since we filmed has been any time either of us are excited about a film or TV show. We'll have a little message back and forth. So what's been catching your eye of, of in, in recent times, either f- films in the last year or, or TV shows? What's been... It was always good because it felt like we had very much a shared um, <laughs> opinion in things. And there was... I remember at one point someone was mentioning... It was a Netflix film. I think it was The Babysitter or something like that. <laughs> and it was good because, again, we were all like... It's not highbrow or amazing, but it's really enjoyable. It's a really good little mm. film. So I like those conversations where it doesn't all have to be, have you seen Lahane? You yeah, know, yeah, it doesn't all have to be the hybrid. It can be, yeah, that's great. But also, have you seen this new mm. Marvel film? It's yeah, kind of, it's totally. good balance. So what's, what's kind of been exciting um, you, Blake? I'm putting I, you on the spot now, but I, ram- <laughs> I rambled a bit longer intentionally to give you time to think. Well, well I'm, uh, <laughs> as you know, because we already talked about it, but I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Peaky Blinders. Yes. Um, but I also, I watched uh, um, a TV series on Netflix that I really liked, uh, which was called The Spy with yes. uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. and I really liked it. And uh, I, I, I liked it for different reasons. I, I really liked it because I always love when I see an actor doing something different. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I don't know if you guys watched it yet, but uh, it, yeah. it's 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 really good. And and you you don't care uh, if Sasha Baron Cohen did some comedy before. Yeah. He's just great in the part. Fantastic. And, and so I really like that. And what I really liked is that I love those miniseries. I think yeah. it's, it's a really good format today because mm. there's so many things to yeah. watch. 
that you know five episodes, five uh, one hour episodes, it's, it's perfect for me. It's the reason I loved a cr- Criminal. Have either of you watched Criminal? Not yet. On not yet. It's no, amazing because yeah. it's three episodes and it's a different crime each time. But it's all just again, it it it, it makes you buzzing from inside the industry because you're like, mm. oh, it's all in one location because it's all j- just in the interview room. There's the interview room, mm. the other side of the glass, and the corridor. David Tennant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Tennant is in, in the first one. Um, Gemma. Addison, I think, in, the, mm-hmm. in the, the second. Amazing people in it. But there's just three episodes. But then there's three in Germany and three oh, in friends. France yeah. and three wow. in Spain, I think, was the other one. And they're all standalone. They're all... It's the same... In Germany, it's the same crew of policemen. Mm. But it's a different crime each time. Mm. And it's, it's, it's such a simple idea. But that kind of... Again, the miniseries thing I love because me and my partner watch all three of the English one, mm. in one in, on one Sunday, it's like, well, that's yeah. cool, I've got yeah. that. But then I was like, well, I fancy the German one now. Yeah, and that, yeah. I'd heard the German one was great, and then, yeah. Because, because there are so many things to watch right now that I, I find it really hard to be able to watch 10 episodes of a TV yeah. series, even when it's a, a series that I like. It's mad, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's it's terrible. Mad. The mentality, I'm trying to train myself out of that, but because I've had that before. Again, me and my partner are, are, are flicking through, we're like, oh, this series looks good. Oh, it's 12 episodes. I don't know about it. It's Ooh, like, yeah, but it's a marathon. Yeah. But that's 12 episodes of something r- really good. This should be a positive thing. Yeah, it should yeah, be, it's, yeah. Apparently, it's the best thing ever made, but there's a lot of it. It's like, more of the best thing ever made. <laughs> yeah, seems yeah. wonderful. More ice cream. It <laughs> sounds like a great thing. You wouldn't go, I love that ice cream, but there's two scoops. <laughs> yeah, and I really... Uh, it seems I a bit much. so much. No. Yeah. But that's funny because, you know, I think people are going to start coming back to movies because of that. Yeah, too. yeah. Because yeah. sometimes, some evenings, I would rather try to find a film to watch than a TV series. Mm. Exactly. Exactly for that you reason. Just have that one hit. Exactly. But th- this yeah. is one of the great things about films is that the journey to it is the joy, of, is the experience as well. You know. Yeah. Yep. I mean, one of the films I love, one of the things I saw yesterday for the second time, which I adored, is Joker. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the best film of the year. I've just, I just found it absolutely incredible. That was um, amazing. Yeah. His, his, his ability to turn a man into an, an, an a, a kind of enemy of you, an enemy like, like that is really, un, un, just un, incredible. Well, that was um, the beauty of the patience of the director and yeah, his actor. That it was. You, he doesn't really become anything that you would really perceive as realistically the Joker until no. the last yeah. quarter, at, at the most, maybe less. It's that, really... The, but his but, journey from the yeah. character at the start to the character at the end, it's completely believable. Yeah. It's not some, he's fallen in a vat of acid and he's changed. It's this That's believable journey, but it's such a, a mm. physical, and yeah. emotional journey, yeah. yeah. That's the thing. The, the line between when the Joker becomes... The, the idea of the Joker was kind of much more clear there because there's, yeah. there's not a massive... There's a there's a, a very very small line that's crossed in order to yeah. get to that place, you know. And yeah. The progression to that was very very well done. Exactly. So I, I, I love the Joker. I've seen it twice since it came out, and I just adore it. It's um, got me intrigued as to if it could be ever part of a, of the wider unit because I can't imagine any other characters in in the first chunk. But once he's become the Joker, that's the thing. You because you, I think. A, a, a Robert Pattinson is a hugely underrated actor. I think he's a fantastic cast in mm, Batman. He is. High Life was amazing. Uh, recently, he's, this, have, you, yeah. have you seen Good Times? Yeah, Good Times mm-hmm. is was amazing. Amazing yeah. in Good Times, yeah. yeah. And so I think I could see his Batman in interacting with Phoenix's oh, Joker. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, it's a, so there is this kind of oh, that's that, exciting. But then equally, I don't want it to be ruined. No, no. I kind of like it as a standalone. It's like don't please. It might work just as a standalone, but yeah. yeah. But that would be a fantasy, wouldn't it? To yeah. Have that kind of style of 
yeah, DC yeah, characters yeah, brought yeah, to life yeah, in that way. I, I, I would adore it. Uh, I think it would be incredible. Um, as far as TV series, the, the not dissimilar to Criminal, the show I enjoyed most watching, which I haven't watched the second season of yet, is Mindhunter. Yes. Oh, it yeah. is Amazing, isn't it? incredible. I mean, yeah. I am, I was floored by it. I thought yeah. it was so amazingly done. And I was going to check my phone a second ago to make sure that I definitely remember the director's name because sometimes it just goes in one ear and out the other. But David Fisher? It's, it's, it's Fincher. 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 Fincher, that's it. Yeah, Fincher, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I found it just absolutely incredible because it's, it's, it's another one of these, the, 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 the way it's executed, the patience that you mentioned with Joker, yeah. but the execution of, uh, of, of, a, of a criminal like, um, I'm just going to call him Edmund or Edward yeah. because that's the, that's the main name, but one yeah. of the primary serial killers, the way in which he recants this, the, 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 the murders that he commits, the way in which it's done permits the audience almost complete access into a very calm train of thought that, that tells the story of such appalling events. And, it, and it, it, I find that so... I find all that so incredible, that, that, that the ability to be able to do that, because it shows how the human mind has so many different levels on which it thinks that it's yeah. acting... Uh, in, in, rationally, individually, the, yeah. what can be perceived. I, I think the reason that I love Joker was because what we perceive as insane is the result of something, um, it, 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 it is the result of circumstances. Yeah. The, the, the idea of insanity is actually not, is that, we always treat insanity as though it's this terrifying alien thing. Yes, yeah, But monster. the thing is that it's all around us, you know yeah. what I mean? And it is us, do you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I, and I really, really love that, um, I like how I like how media and films and television are uh, opening that opening that door into just how irrational a beings we really are. Yeah, how normal it can seem to be so irrational. That's exactly, it's the normalness that's that's, that's nailed there because both of those Mindhunter as a series and Joker uh, somehow make the most unimaginable monsters somewhat relatable that's the thing you, you can watch and go yeah. oh i mean i would never go there but i can see this and i can mm. understand that mm. which is hugely important i think it's that's really a massive in, yeah. thing in cinema because yeah, and in the real world because again it's the reality is in the real world we don't actually have m- monsters mm. we have people with a smile on their face doing these horrible do you know what i mean these yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's getting the, that that reality of yeah the monster smiles its way under mm. un, under your bed. Not, yeah, sure. Not, not, it doesn't just it doesn't appear. Growl. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's fascinating. Yeah. Well, um, I'll, I'll I'll wrap things up there. Um, uh, where can people keep up to date on everything? Obviously, Ben Like has its own social media. Yes. For you guys as well. So, do you want to go first? Oh, uh, yeah, you can you can go uh, on Kill Ben Like on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere, Excellent. and um, uh, you can you can. And it's it's L Y K. I should yes. mention that's 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 an easy one to, yes, to absolutely L Y K, and uh, and so you can you're gonna be able to buy some tickets on yes. on the our screen uh, website. I'll put all the details and links. Yeah, yeah. As this goes up, so yeah, that's all. Uh, so so yeah, everything will be on there, and uh, and hopefully you guys will share the good news. And yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll oh, get started. We'll get it all out there. And Eugene, where can people keep up to date on all your you activities? You can see all things me on uh, Eugene Snaps on Instagram, yep. and follow me on Twitter at Eugene underscore Simon, and to say on Facebook. And um, yeah, and that's 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 how you'll keep in contact with me. Perfect. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. That was great. awesome. Thank you.
You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces. There we go. I hope you enjoyed that. As you can hear, we were all really excited to work on, on this film. And if you're not sold on it already, I don't know what to do. But as I said, head to our screens. Uh, dot com and search kill ben like or there's links I'll, I'll have links all over my social media and in the 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 bio bit of this of this episode so come along it'd be great in fact let's have a little look I'll, I'll, I'll let you know where these screenings are so odeon swiss cottage view croydon view fulham broadway view harrow view romford i used to go out to romford all the time metal nights at hollywoods i'd love that one to, to sell out and happen view shepherd's bush view stains view thurrock as i mentioned i worked in lakeside for years uh view watford view cramlington i don't even know where that is view fulham broadway view glasgow view islington view leeds view longwell green view piccadilly view sheffield view wood green if i'm repeating any of these it's multiple showings Odium Wimbledon, Odium B- B- Belfast, Odium Streatham, Odium Guildford, Odium Uxbridge, Odium Birmingham Broadway, Odium L- Liverpool, this is boring, Odium Manchester Great Northern, um, Odium Swiss Cottage again. I think the rest of them are all repeats. Odium B- B- Brayhead, I don't think I'd mention that one. Odium Birmingham Broadway again. Genesis Cinema L- London, that's a cool little small one. Empire Sunderland, Savoy Cinema Nottingham. So yeah, these are all over that. That or, or, or they're mainly over the twenty second, twenty third, and twenty fourth of November. So it'd be really cool if you can swoop, and it'd make me look really cool if this podcast has an impact on those ticket sales. I ain't gonna lie. If off the if this podcast comes out and suddenly there's a big boom in, in ticket sales, how cool am I gonna look? I'm gonna look like I've got box office power, and the next thing you know, I'll be next to the rock and kevin hart in something exciting thank you for tuning in i've even left off the patreon and speech development.com plugs on this one because yeah i just want you all to come and see this film hope you enjoyed it and i will be back next week oh who have i got next week is it is it is it i'm checking it's dj shadow oh man that's a good one i've got two next week as well actually i've got dj shadow and james mangold um and they're both amazing so i'll see you all next week thank you for tuning in Ta-ta.